0: Yes, yes, welcome into another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan, alongside Gangster Pete and Iggy. It is time for an edition of Questions from the Audience. Uh, from the Homeloanexpert.com studios, uh, Ryan Kelly, the sponsor of our studios online at the Homeloanexpert.com. This is our weekly podcast in which we take questions from you the audience, and uh, I legitimately, I think this is the, the podcast, I don't know, what does it matter, what do you fucking care, which one I like the most, but I enjoy this because it's almost therapeutic uh, for me, um, and then I can sit here and just BS, and and wax poetic on whatever topic um, pops up, so uh, always appreciate the questions. Last week, I went strictly through um, the, uh, the Facebook posts, and I wasn't able to get to this last one, which was how's your ween bro. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to save that for the following week. Um, and I'll focus on email questions, um, this week, uh, here on the questions from the audience from the home loan studios, Ryan Kelly online at the home loan expert.com. If you're buying a home, If you're refinancing a home, Ryan Kelly is the place to go. He is online at thehomeloanexpert.com. He's going to save you money. That's the bottom line. Um, Furthermore, I don't know who else you would rather go to. I don't know why you would go to anybody else. This is the guy who has been on board with our show uh, on the radio for, uh, I think, seven years now. I think that's what we're looking at, six, seven years. And then he also has been uh, sponsoring the studios on the Tim McCurden Show. So if you're on board with those programs, this program, that program, all programs, Ryan Kelly is the person. TheHomeloanexpert.com. He's going to save you money buying a home, refinancing Ryan Kelly. TheHomeloanexpert.com. Com. so uh questions coming in to email you can post them uh, on the Tma fan page or you can email them to me team McKernan at inside stl.com got some good ones this week and we welcome you to send them in anytime you would like yourself all right Here we go. Hey, Tim, I know it's not the normal time uh, you ask for questions for questions from the audience, but I was podcasting like the Dickens this evening as I did some yard work, hashtag not blessed, hashtag private school, but only Borgia. And a question came to me, so I thought I would shoot it over. You've talked a lot lately about your maturation as a business person and entrepreneur since the early days of Inside STL. I would be interested in hearing about as you went to line up investors in the early days, What did your pitch sound like and how did it develop after rejections? If any, keep up the good work. I love the podcast. Thanks. That comes from Zach Derkus. Zach, thank you very much, um, for the question. It's a good question. I like that. There's kind of like a, an underlying entrepreneurial element to, uh, the discussions here on this show, whether it be Ryan Kelly's interview or some of the questions we get for questions from the audience. Um, and I guess it means a number of you are at least thinking about it. Um, And so good, that's, that's, I think that's, that's healthy to have because it keeps you churning. You always want to have something to look forward to. I always tell my wife that I "I always want to have something to look forward to. Um, So regarding Inside STL and starting Inside STL, Inside STL was um, born out of boredom when I was killing a one-year non-compete from television, as I know I've, I've said a number of times, but I also know some people haven't heard that, but that's the truth. And it was about six months into my non-compete. And I was thinking I would go back into TV. And, um, and then that is, uh, that is not what I wound up doing. Um, And I, so I created inside STL.com along with Matt Seebeck, but it wasn't created to be a business. Uh, So therefore I'm an accidental entrepreneur, and with regard to investors, uh, I'm a rare uh, case of people coming to me, in particular, Jim Edmonds, Uh, and that was on a flight back from spring training when um, he was about to, uh, he was flying back because his uh, wife was about to have uh, a baby, and just in passing, he uh, said, I'd be interested in buying into that. I'm just like, whoa, I didn't even know that was possible. Um, and the thing wasn't even six months old, I don't think. When If it was, it was just barely six months old when we had that conversation. So that's how that happened. So there was no pitch. He asked about it. And then, then you get into how you value it because it's, you know, like I said, for the most part, a hobby. I think maybe we had two advertisers and it was for a nominal amount of money. So um, And then at that point, then I talked with some friends and family members, actually, my brother uh, and uh, and some friends. And who said, hey, you know, Edmonds has bought into this thing if you're interested, you know. And almost all of them did get in, again, relatively speaking, for a nominal amount of money. Uh, so there really hasn't been, with the exception of one time, um, like an effort to raise capital. But, you know, I... I guess it was because maybe about a month ago I had a discussion on questions from the audience about, um, you know, considering um, the rebirth of Inside STL for a lack of a better term. And it was just kind of like a stream of consciousness. And a few people, when they heard that, they then reached out and said, hey, if you are interested in doing that, I'd be interested in investing. And which is a, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a, those are wonderful emails to receive. Um, and I'm flattered by it. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I want to do. Well, I, I have I think Pete and I, we spend a good amount of time talking about it. Um, and I've talked about it with a number of people as well, uh, you know, um, partners at Inside STL. And it's just a matter of, okay, I think these are great ideas from a content standpoint, but before you start investing, and by that I mean attempting to uh, enact these strategies, You have to have some um, business model for the monetization of this content, which, you know, depending on your perspective, there is really no precedent for from a local perspective. Um, It's similar to Inside STL in the standpoint that when I started it along with Matt Seebeck, it was not me by myself. um, It's not like we go, okay, they did this here, and so we'll do this. I mean, it was really going to be like the morning grind which is what the morning after was called first the morninggrind.com um and then we decided to go with insidestl.com and as i have said before i'm very lucky that we called that audible because i did not own the morning grind um so that could have been a legal issue down the road so along those lines um you know with regard to what we would do we have a variety of ideas I'll I'll tell them, it's not like I'm telling anybody a playbook. I mean, they're more than welcome to, to, to enact it themselves, ranging from videos uh, with, whether it be me, whether it be the Plowhawk, whether it be Iggy, um, if Doug and the Cat and Charlie and Jay uh, could participate, uh, certainly that makes it even better. Um, I feel like that's, kind of where the industry, not kind of, it is where the industry is going. It's not kind of, it's, it, it, it's kind of when you talk locally, but it is when you talk nationally. Um, uh, Facebook Lives, which I did at, at spring training with Derek Gould and with Dan McLaughlin. Um, and, uh, you know, video of the podcast. We shoot video as it is, but to give people that opportunity you know, kind of like a Sunday night recap of the weekend. So similar to what sports plus is, was, what sports Sunday is, was sports final, whatever is, was, you know, I grew up with sports plus as I'm sure some of you did. He's kind of like a Sunday night staple of you. That's kind of like how you wrapped up your weekend. Mike Bush's sports plus, um, and you would look forward to the pit and guys BS. And so I kind of think about doing that as well. And if people have ideas, if people want to get on board, listen, I mean, as I think Pete would be the first one to tell you, I. I am, I am, I couldn't be more open to it, but the thing that I have, yes, the question about the maturation, the maturation is, um, something that I would imagine even somebody in their teens would already know, but for me, it took until my thirties. And that is, even if something sounds good, and even if you have people who are your uh, loyal listeners, fans of a show, fans of your writing, if you can't generate revenue from the content, it is not a good business idea. And when you're, in my case, in your mid-20s, when I started inside STL, uh, along with Matt Siebeck, um, you know, you view things differently than after you do it for a number of years and you go, oh, we could have, should have done this to try and monetize it. And if we couldn't monetize it, then, then it wasn't worth the time. So that's the issue. That's 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 at the core of it. Um, I believe advertisers would experience a return on investment, and therefore investors would experience a return on investment because we would have advertising dollars funding it. You know, another thing that we're actually in about a half hour having a meeting on um, is is where I think you know some people have actually reached out to me about this that the certainly advertising is still a source of a revenue stream for a business like this. Um, But, um, you know, with, with what we are able to do because of the fact that we're kind of our own unique little world. Uh, So whether it be, you know, um, a trip to Columbia, Missouri uh, with members of the show, a trip to spring training as we do every year, but now this time with listeners, uh, golf outings at certain clubs with perhaps, uh, you know, take your pick. Uh, Certainly, uh, you know, I would, participate, of course, but perhaps some other people, uh, who would be well known would participate, uh, you know, happy hour, you know, doing those kinds of things. I love doing that stuff. I enjoy it. I, I don't know. I'm sure there, of course have been incidents, but very rarely, um, do I meet somebody who's a listener of the show and go, God, this is fucking miserable. I mean, usually, and I think that's because the radio show is kind of an inside joke. And so in order to get it, you got to have some kind of personality trait that makes you not be like a dick with a dog avatar who like hazes people on social media or sends shitty emails to people. So those are the kinds of people I have zero interest in hanging out with, but our listeners um, are pretty cool. And so, you know, going to a Missouri game or spring training or playing golf with them or having drinks, whatever the case might be, I'm all for it. So um, anyway, that's, that's, that's kind of giving you an update on the wheels turning And, uh, and what the thought process, um, is on inside STL, but regarding, you know, the maturation, I can't really say that, 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 that I feel like that there's like, oh yeah, I I recognize things that I wish I would have done differently and mistakes. And if I didn't have those, then that would indicate a lack of, of maturity. But because I stumbled into the concept, because I stumbled into investors, I don't feel like I can speak from a place of experience on coming up with a concept or coming up with um, a plan to bring investors on board with inside STL in particular. Um, so, you know, I, I think what the, the one thing, and I, I think I'm good at this. I don't know is to, to be conscious of both with yourself, but also with your people that you know, you don't know, but you want to try to know as much as you can. Um, that's important to me. I feel like with, when I think of a handful of people who started things and they failed immediately, or they, they clearly weren't going to take, um, one of the personality traits that I would say I've, I've, I've observed that would be a constant was a bravado that from my standpoint even though it was coming at you as brave to me conveyed insecurity and um and so i think it's a more endearing incredible trait if somebody asks questions if somebody is deliberate if somebody wants uh feedback from the people who are working with them on something that and that's That's something that I would recommend to anybody as an entrepreneur, because even if you are so good, like whatever, okay, let's say I I have an idea of how, you know, the radio industry works. Let's, if if we want to operate off that assumption, um, well, that doesn't mean that I know about accounting. That doesn't mean that I know about legal. That doesn't mean I know about engineering. And so you need to surround yourself with people who are. Um, rock solid in those industries, and then also quality people. That's another thing. I know it sounds like such an intangible or something that you read on some poster somewhere, but God, I don't, as I'm, as I'm, as I'm recording this, I'm fresh off of interviewing Darren Pang. And we talked about uh, when he was director of hockey operations for a team, how they just would not, he would advocate not bringing on board people who, you know, were assholes for lack of a better term. And I just think there's something to be said for that. And if you feel like you're getting a little tell, but you still want to get it done just to get it done, I'd listen to the little tell, you know, and err on the side of caution. Because once you bring somebody in, it's it's 10 times tougher to get them out. And, uh, and that's something I think for the most part, there certainly have been some exceptions, but for the most part in 13 years, we've had a really good group of people, which is why the thing, you know, has lasted as long as it has. So hopefully that gives you some answers to the questions. Um, I feel like, like I said, though, that there are some elements of it that there'd just be people better suited to answer just because of my background is, um, is more, you know, in, uh, it it was, it was a hobby. It wasn't a business. It wasn't like I sat down and said, okay, here's a business model. Now we need to go out and get investors. So here's our prospectus. That's not what wound up happening with inside STL. Uh, so we are a unique, uh, situation in that respect. Uh, Tim love the podcast. Thank you so much for doing these things. It's how I spend my time working out and love listening. Um, one of the things that I feel like you've kind of touched on, but I've never gone into detail. What would you consider the most difficult moment of your broadcasting career? Good question. Uh, there are a few options. We could do like a Mount Rushmore, uh, Because when I think of, and I'm sure I'm going to leave some out, Uh, in 1999, when I just started at KTHV TV in Little Rock, um, the general manager of that station, I literally had just turned 23, and I didn't realize how young that was at the time, but I look back on that now and I go, oh my God, I was 22 starting there, Um, and not really all that far, all that relatively speaking, far removed from 21 when I started sending out tapes to get my first TV job. Uh, I was on the other side of 22, in other words, closer to 21 when I did, but it started there at 22 and, and the general manager of the station, um, I guess, I still don't know if this is true because it seems so asinine, but you know, maybe we'll get her on the podcast. Uh, thought that I made a reference to masturbation on one of my sports casts, uh, and then banished me from the anchor desk and had me do the shows from the sports office going forward. Um, and that was, you know, now that it's been nearly 20 years, because I don't want to say time heals all wounds, although I think there's something, just because it's further in the rearview mirror, I don't think I have the appreciation in 2018 for how much that destroyed me in 1999 and 2000 that that went on. Um, and, I, and I could be wrong on this because, again, I just turned 23, so I certainly didn't have great business perspective. I think that I think that she kind of led um, not out of what I would consider to be people wanting to buy in and follow uh, but more out of the fear the style of leadership that you know you you'll follow just because if you don't you're gonna lose your job that kind of leadership I would imagine a number of you can relate to what I'm talking about um and Uh, and so therefore a bunch of people are like, this is nuts. And other TV stations, like I had friends at other TV stations in Little Rock and they're going, what is going on over there? How come you can't be on? So this is what's going on. They go, my God, you got to get out of there. And I'm like, I just started. And it isn't really a great trait to have on your resume. Your first TV job, you lasted three months. So that was a living hell. And if it were fresher in my mind, I think I would probably, uh, have some more horror stories from that. Uh, Six years later, after being at KMOV for five years, uh, leaving KMOV um, was really difficult, not because leaving was tough, but because uh, a number of people thought I got fired. And uh, that was, there was no Twitter or Facebook to, you know, go in in, and inside STL hadn't, I hadn't started that yet uh, with Matt Siebeck. Uh, So I really had no forum. And that was really tough. Um, I'm embarrassed by how much that bothered me. Like the, I'm I'm proud of myself for how I got through the Little Rock thing. I'm embarrassed by myself for how much that bothered me. Um, And 2000. uh, God, I don't know. I mean, there, you know, with with the stuff that we've experienced in radio, it's like take your pick. Uh, When uh, the cat. When Martin quit, when producer Joe, I was going back in reverse order there, producer Joe got fired in 2006 from the morning grind. Um, I think producer Joe, for as banty as he is, would say that 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 was justified. Maybe he wouldn't, but he did tell the GM to go fuck himself. And I I just don't see a lot of room for interpretation there. Uh, Then uh, during the Cardinals, Mets, NLCS, uh, Martin, the cat, and myself were in New York. Martin, and the cat were there. I said, I had left KMOV. Um, and so all I had to do was the radio show. They were staying out in Queens. I was staying in Manhattan because I'm a hotel freak. And I think they were staying in a comfort Inn, uh, like a couple miles away from Shea stadium. And for those of you familiar with the geography there, that isn't exactly the most desirable neck of the woods. Um, and we were doing the show from CBS in Manhattan. And so for me, it was like a you know, maybe, maybe 10 minute cab ride for them. It was probably a 90 minute commute coming in from Queens into the city during rush hour. And so they were up until like two Eastern doing their television and then turning around and getting up after three hours of sleep. And so, um, they, uh, you know, and the TV stations were, were paying for the, you know, them to be there totally, you know, and, and, and our program director at the time, uh, really did not like that Martin and the cat left early, uh, and sent out a very long email, uh, that right as I'm reading it, and I've, I've told the story before, but for those of you who haven't heard it, I happen to be reading it, it's, which is weird because I didn't think we had phones where you could read emails, uh, in 2006, but I know, I, I know I was reading because I happened to be driving or my cab was going west to east toward my hotel from CB hotel. And we happened to be going across Times Square, as I'm reading this and I look out and I think there's that little statue there. And I remember looking at that going, wow, this is the end of our show because I knew, Oh, this is the end of this current cast anyway, of the show, because I knew Martin would not, would not receive that email. Well, I mean, I didn't receive the email well and I wasn't even, it wasn't directed toward me. Um, and sure enough, when we got back, um, uh, Martin quit, uh, after, a, a, a heated exchange, I think would be a good way to euphemize it in the, uh, conference room at KFNS with Jason Barrett, who's the one who sent the email, and uh, and that was, um, you know, that was the beginning of, you know, uh, the end there, because then the cat was let go a couple months later, Bob Fesco, who's currently doing mornings in Kansas City, was brought in, and uh, and the show just wasn't the same, and there's this misnomer that I, like, tapped out on, on the show and wanted it to fail, which is that, that part is kind of, is like the KMOV firing thing. I know it's not true. Uh, and it's kind of just, well, I mean, with KMOV, Alan Cohen, the GM, you know, would come, did, I think he did come on or he, whatever. And said, yeah, that's just not true. Uh, but with this one, it's kind of, you know, I've heard Barrett and Fesco doing a podcast and they're like, yeah, well you can't do anything if one guy doesn't want the show to work. I'm just like, yeah, that's just not true. And you guys know that Bob was the point man and I was the the co-host and I, after I could tell it wasn't working, said, "Hey, I'll, you know, take take over and and run point. I'm not looking for any more money or anything like that. I just want to do it because I think it'll help. Um, you know, and and that that is what happened. Uh, and I was under contract for like two more years. So why would I want? I mean, what's what's going to be accomplished by sabotaging a show? That's not what I wanted. I mean, that's my names on that thing. So that was a brutal." brutal time period that January, 2007 through June, 2007, until I was able to get out of there. Um, and that's when the morning after started September, we had to kill three months. And then that's, we started the morning after, uh, in September of 2007 with Doug and the cat and producer Joe back. Uh, and then the other one would be the Albert Pujols situation in 2013, um, with, uh, with, with Jack Clark. And, uh, you know, that that's one, a lot of people ask, for me to go into detail on it. And I don't blame him. Um, I don't blame you at all. If I were in your position, I would ask about that. Uh, you know, at this point now it's been five years, but, uh, that was, that was so difficult for so many reasons regarding going into detail on it. It's, it's, as you probably know, uh, a legal situation. Um, and therefore it's not something that I can, uh, or would be advised to go into, um, but with regard to that experience, the toughest thing—I mean, there's so many elements about that. The toughest thing, well, I guess I guess it has a I guess it has a common theme uh, with with the KMOV thing, just certainly on a much larger level. When you have this uh, soon-to-be cardinal Hall of Famer uh, coming after you legally, but th- there were so many things that were out there that just weren't weren't accurate. But I couldn't say anything. I couldn't say anything because of our uh, media insurance policy and it, and I and I was trust me it was that was that was the t- that was the toughest part and there were a lot of things that were tough you could do top 10 on the toughest things about that but there's so many things that were said and written that I just I, I, but I couldn't say anything you know I couldn't say anything and that's tough because we had just started up a new radio station and credibility with the audience is something that you cannot buy and uh therefore it's of the utmost importance and so people are wondering where what happened you know if you're saying this and and then you can't so it was a that was brutal that was that was legitimate not sleeping stuff um and that's so there it is There's my mount rushmore i don't know where i would rank god i don't know because in the moment they all were so brutal um but that would be my uh, that would be my Mount Rushmore of uh, difficult questions, at least from the standpoint of uh, of having one. Uh, while we we're uh, having this conversation, uh, answering questions hearing questions from the audience, uh, a reminder that Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies is our guest sponsor for our guests every Monday here on the Tim McKernan Show. I've gotten to know Mark, and that's why it's very easy for me to recommend Mark to you. The audience if there's one thing i go back in my 20s that i didn't do it would be managing my money more effectively i mean it was an absolute mess and i look back on it and i think to myself what was i doing and i think so many people would say the same thing now many of you may be in your 20s saying what do you mean some of you might be in your 40s saying well it might be too late i'm telling you uh as somebody in my 40s you finally got my act together in the last year it's not too late and if you're in your 20s, now is the time to do it. Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. I met with him recently, and he met and he walked me through his process. And I thought this was what I was missing when I was in my 20s. And I started making money for the first time, as opposed to putting it into online poker. I could have put it to use wisely. Ah, oh, it makes me cringe. Ugh. Ugh. I could have paid off my condo. I could have invested. I could have done a lot of things that could have set me up now that I'm in my 40s, but I just didn't know any better. And it's it's embarrassing. Don't, don't do what I did. Now that I've met Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies, evergreenstl.com, now I can tell you this is the move. Contact him at 314-889-0503. For real, make the phone call. You will be so happy you did. He will organize your situation for you. And it just gives you a peace of mind. 314-889-0503. 314-889-0503. Or check them out online at evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, uh, our guest sponsor here on the Tim McKernan Show. All right. One more QFTA. One more QFTA. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, Tim, will the free dotum open allow for more entries next year? I thought 2017 was great at Tapwingo, plus it allowed for more than 36 foursomes, which sold out in less than two minutes. I know, I know, juice has to be worth the squeeze, but there is obviously demand. Uh, I am not uh, in charge of that, uh, but I will attempt to answer. I feel like if it can be done, it would be great to have our golf tournament uh, as a multiple day event and have... Uh, multiple stars from the adult industry come in for the fun and games and have it be like a festival. Now, as you said, thank you for using the phrase, the juice has to be worth the squeeze. Uh, but I think that could be just, you know, the best to have it like one day, Thursday, one day, Friday, maybe like some kind of championship thing with like an after party on Saturday. I don't know. I don't know. I, I But I would love to do that because, cause, you know, while, you know, it's so flattering and candidly shocking that the golf tournament sold out in less than two minutes. It's also, uh, unfortunate because you knew you had a bunch of people who were really loyal listeners of this, uh, show who couldn't get in. And so, you know, you want people to be able to play. You want people to be able to experience it. You want people to be able to enjoy it. And, uh, and so that's something that I certainly would love to see. And if, uh, I can help make that happen. That's certainly something that I would love to do. Lisa Ann's already said she's in. Lisa Ann's already said that she's in for uh, for 2019. So uh, you can count on Lisa Ann being there. Uh, just a matter of maybe we'd bring back friend of the show, Ariana Marie. Maybe we bring back friend of the show, Caden Cross. I don't know, but I know that uh, that could make for uh, uh, an even more intense pony show because that thing already is something else. So that's something. It's a good question. That's kind of where my mind is. And I would love to see it happen so everybody who wants to play is able to play. Uh, James Carlton of State Farm Insurance is a great sponsor of this podcast. He is online at carltoninsurance.net. James Carlton at 314-961-4800. Just recently, I had a situation where I, I didn't have my insurance ready to go uh, it was set up, but I forgot to make the payment. I'm embarrassed. Once again, you're starting to get the idea for my financial management here, aren't we? Um, it was a, it was a, it was a payment for auto. And I thought I had till the end of the month and I actually had until September 20th. And then it was September 22nd. I'm going, Oh, I forgot to make that payment. Text James. It's a Saturday night. I'm just like, Hey, how can I do this? And he gets back to me within seconds. Like, Hey, I can take your payment over the phone. I'm like, look at you, look at you. Uh, that's the kind of customer service you're going to get from Carltoninsurance.net. They make the switch for you. So anybody thinking, oh man, I don't have the time to do this. I don't blame you. I wouldn't either. But now you're going to have it because you're going to have uh, James Carlton and his staff taking care of it for you. It's carltoninsurance.net. Online is where you'll find them at carltoninsurance.net or give them a call at 314-961-4800. That's 314-961-4800. James Carlton of carltoninsurance.net. Uh, grateful for all of our sponsors, Ryan Kelly, online at thehomeloanexpert.com, Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies at evergreenstl.com, James Carlton of the Carlton Insurance Team in Webster Groves, uh, Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com, and Johnny Landoff Chevrolet at Highway 270 in Washington, Elizabeth Exit or online, 24-7 at Landoff.com. Very grateful for their support because they make it possible. Thank you to you for listening. Fire away with any question you want. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. On another edition of Questions from the Audience, from the Home HomeLoanExpert.com studios on the InsideSTL Podcast Network.